Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Boston Celtics live to fight another day. Should the Miami Heat be worried? Also, is LeBron James going to call it a career? And are the expectations on Aaron Rodgers too high in New York? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. With the Boston Celtics facing elimination in game four, Celtics wing Jalen Brown said, don't let us win one. Well, that's exactly what the Miami Heat did. They let the Celtics win one, a 116-99 game four win. They stave off the sweep, but in NBA history, teams up three games to none are 149-0 and zero in the series. Joining me now from Miami, Wes Goldberg from Locked on Heat. And Wes, what was the difference in this one? Well, you start with a three-point shooting, right? The the Celtics finally had a game where they were making their threes. Miami's hot shooting finally started to cool off. Um, it didn't start that way. Uh, it felt like the Heat were going to just keep shooting the way that they had been shooting all series. And really, for most of these playoffs, then they went uh, they went a period uh, of missing seven straight uh, three-pointers, and they never really could get back into it. Jimmy Butler had uh, 15 points in six minutes in the third quarter kind of sensing that it was his time to take over but by then it was it was just too little too late with the Celtics making their threes and Jason Tatum having his best game of the series yeah it was a tale of two third quarters in both of these game fours Nuggets in theirs pushing themselves back in to to, uh, take the lead and ultimately win and in this case Boston taking a stranglehold of this game if there was ever going to be a series where you could imagine a team coming back from 3-0 it would be a two seed against an eight seed that only barely made the postseason, right? So what what about this Heat team would lead you to believe that's not going to happen? I, I, I mean, aside I, from being I, up 3-0, right? <laughs> besides, besides the fact that they still only have to win one game in Boston, still has to win three. Yeah. Uh, look, we've, we've seen this team backed into a corner several times in the season, in the play-in tournament, and not necessarily in these playoffs, but you know, against the Knicks, they lost the their first chance to close out that series. They went back and won that game to close out that series. Uh, I think this, to me, was a, a game where you finally saw Boston kind of play to their capabilities, right? And I, I just think it's natural for the Heat to maybe take their foot off the gas a little bit. Now they're finally in position to adjust. And the thing about this Heat team is... They're they're the best coach team in the NBA right now. They've got guys who who you just listen to how this team has talked all season long, how badly they want this. Um, I, I still expect the Heat to come out with this one just based on uh, the fact that now they're the team that gets to make the adjustments. And I trust this team when 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 what we're talking about is basketball IQ. I trust this team to kind of get it done. It did seem like I, I saw someone mention this on Twitter that this was the first time all playoffs the the Heat played like the Heat played all regular season, um, <laughs> and, and that was to not make three pointers and to go through these periods where they just didn't seem as locked in as they have been. By the way, for the last what six weeks, yeah. So I guess the question is, if the pendulum, how do they swing the pendulum back to get back locked in? Because Boston is now as desperate as the Heat have seemed to play all playoffs. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily an, uh, a, a, a problem with being locked in for Miami. I'm, it's funny how, how the NBA works, right? A team can look locked in when their threes are going in, and they yeah. can look locked out, not locked in. Uh, when, when <laughs> it's the very on brand for us, luckily. <laughs> right. Locked on, maybe. Um, I I think uh, I, I it, to the point of them looking like regular season heat, I, I do get that. Like when the threes aren't going in, it, and we've seen this from the Celtics all series, like the momentum just seems to flip the other way. Y you start pressing a little bit. Like that's just a natural thing sure. that can happen. But we've also seen this heat team shoot 30% the way that they did against the Knicks and find other ways to win. And that's kind of going back to what I said before. Uh, it's on the heat now to just find another way to win. And there might not be a coach in basketball right now that you would rather have diagnosing another way to win than Eric Spolstra. That's exactly right. Yeah. Stay up to date all year on the Miami Heat by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, how quickly can the Lakers bounce back if LeBron retires? Before we get to that, the 49ers are feeling optimistic about Brock Purdy. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. You have to try it if you haven't. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And what's even better is they're healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And what's even better than that, they're absolutely delicious. And now you don't have to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking to you about going to built.com to order your bars. I still do that regularly, but now you can go to Walmart or Sam's Club and get what you're looking for. You can get the best tasting protein bars money can buy, like a four bar box of cookies and cream or double chocolate, my OG favorite. These are the goods, so go out and get them today. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. According to San Francisco 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan, only God knows for sure when quarterback Brock Purdy will be fully cleared to return to football. Remember, this is the guy who once said, we all might be dead next week. Of course, that didn't stop Shanahan from offering his most optimistic Purdy update when he spoke to Bay Area media following Tuesday's organized team activities. I mean, we're hoping for week one. And I feel pretty optimistic about that. Um, that's what we're hoping for. He'll be ready to play in week one. And um, usually that doesn't mean that's the day he comes back. Usually you got to come before that to make that goal. And that's kind of the goal we're hoping for. And don't have any reason to think differently. The NFL approved a rule change for the coming season that will see fair catches and touchbacks on kickoffs brought out to the 25-yard line. A tweak to the fair catch spot is in effect for just one season, forcing owners to resume conversations in 2024. We remember how that went last time they did that for just a year. Little experiment with the pass interference reviews. Didn't go great. Despite virtually every special teams coordinator opposing the change, the league cites an increase in concussions on kickoffs in the past two years as the driving force behind the decision. Jeff Miller, the NFL's executive vice president of communications, said the league estimates returns will drop from 38% to 31% as a result of the fair catch incentive. In exchange, the hope is that concussions on kickoffs drop by 15%. The Phoenix Suns have narrowed their head coaching search down to four individuals, according to a report on Tuesday night. Nick Nurse, 
Doc Rivers, Suns associate head coach Kevin Young, and Sacramento Kings associate head coach Jordy Fernandez are the finalists. Nurse may have another offer for the Suns to contend with as reports indicate the Milwaukee Bucks have him as one of their finalists for their vacant head coaching job. On the ice, the Vegas Golden Knights are one win away from sweeping the Dallas Stars. The Golden Knights scored three quick goals in the first period that saw Dallas replace goalie Jake Ottinger. Vegas added one more in the second period, and that would be all she wrote. The Stars also saw their captain, Jamie Benn, ejected in that harrowing first period after an illegal cross-check. Ben had knocked Golden Knights captain Mark Stone down to the ice with a hit, but he wasn't done. Ben then proceeded to follow the hit by grabbing his hockey stick with both hands and attempting to hit Stone in the neck while he was still on the ice. Blow missed, luckily, and Stone was fine, but Ben was sent packing for that. Dallas may have to survive a sweep attempt on Thursday without him. And on the diamond, the Cubbies have been struggling to begin this season, but got a win against the Mets on Tuesday that may improve their morale a bit. Very nice win for the Cubs today in a crucial homestand that they have coming up. They beat the Mets 7-2. Drew Smiley continues to be one of the unsung heroes for this Cubs team. Pitches a good game. Jeremiah Estrada came in with the bases loaded and nobody out in the sixth inning. And Pete Alonso at the plate and really did a nice job limiting the damage. Dare I say it was a nice job by the Cubs bullpen. Seiya Suzuki hit a home run, Matt Mervis hit a home run, and Christopher Morrell hit his ninth home run in his 12th game of the season this year. His first 12 games, he's hit 19 home runs. He had 11 home runs in the minor leagues. He has 20 now, 20 home runs total at the professional level for the, for the season. A crazy run and a nice night for the Cubs. Here is another story you need to know. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. And um, just for me personally, going going forward with the game of basketball, got a lot to think about. That was LeBron James after the Lakers lost in Game Four against the Denver Nuggets. Sounding like he's not sure about what the future holds for him. Maybe a darkness retreat in his future. Andy Kamenetsky from Locked On Lakers joins me now. And, and Andy, uh, what did you make of the comments from LeBron after the game when he sounded like a guy who was was at least thinking about what the future held for him in basketball, not just in L.A.? I mean, they, they were surprising in the sense that I'm not going to pretend that I saw them coming. Like I, I didn't walk into, you know, that post game presser situation thinking LeBron could float the idea of calling it quits, but when you examine the actual particulars, don't think it's shocking. Even if I didn't see it coming, just in the mm -hmm. sense that he's twenty years in, there is nothing left for him other than titles to accomplish and titles are extremely difficult to come by even if you are on a team that's one of the favorites it, you know the the odds still don't favor you because the odds rarely if ever favor you he is laboring to get through these games even if he's still able to more often than not perform at 
somewhere between a good to a high level, it's still a lot of efforting. Like LeBron was, you know, no caveats, astonishing in game four. He was amazing. I I tweeted out at Cam Brothers during the game. It might be the most heroic game I've seen LeBron play as a Laker. Like on both sides of the ball, he was giving up his body. He was really, you know, literally leaving it all on the floor. But you can feel the effort that it takes. Like LeBron used to not have to work that hard to where you would see the blood, sweat, and tears to get a 40-piece. You felt it all in this one. He very well could be having off-season foot surgery. And at his age, with that type of mileage, the recovery is probably going to suck. The rehab is probably going to suck. Yeah. And you, I would not blame him at all in his position with nothing to prove and very little to accomplish if you start wondering, do I want to go through this again? Because is, is this actually what I want? You know, he, LeBron talked a lot about how the period where he was injured with that foot injury, watching this team got him excited. And I imagine it is in part because he thought this team was capable of making a deep playoff run, which they did. But I imagine it was also the idea of they could be making a deep playoff run with, in what could be my last shot at a championship. So I think all of those things get put into the hopper in terms of just contextualizing this, you know, with the caveat of I, I've you know, not spoken with LeBron or anybody close to LeBron about this. I'm just saying from the outside looking in, it was surprising to hear. It's not shocking to rationalize. And, you know, part of this, too, is for LeBron, there there are going to be people who at this point in his career are going to want to take shots at him for getting swept, even though we know Denver was the best team all year. And as you and I were saying before we jumped on, this was a competitive sweep. All of these games, the Lakers were in them to the end. This is, in a lot of ways for LeBron, he has more to lose than to gain in a lot of these cases. The cynical person maybe me, maybe not, (laughs) would say um, that this leaving his option open to retire is at least in part a gambit by LeBron James to say, hey, Lakers, let's go do this. And I need to know that you are all in or I can't be all in. What do you think of that? I mean, look, LeBron has never been shy over the course of his career or frankly, particularly subtle about, you know, (laughs) trying to apply leverage. Um, you know, he's always been, as I like to say, passive aggressive. Um, and <laughs> I suppose this could be a case of trying to apply that leverage. You know, the th- an exit threat is something LeBron has used a lot over the course of his career, both times with Cleveland, with Miami. Interestingly, he's done it very little, if at all, with the Lakers. Um, it's, it has surprised people that he hasn't really played that card particularly often. Um, what I, it's certainly possible. I mean, I'm not going to rule anything out, you know, and it, it also could be a bit of both. It could be both a leverage play and a sincere thought about retiring. You know, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. They might actually be mutually inclusive, I guess, if that's the way to phrase it. Stay up to date all year on the LA Lakers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Lakers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, are we expecting too much from Aaron Rodgers with the Jets? The New York Jets had a top five defense last year and a superb running game on offense. 
They boast a breakout candidate at wide receiver and a solid offensive line. So adding Aaron Rodgers has Jets fans looking at Super Bowl tickets. Hosts James Rapine and Tony Wiggins from Locked On NFL wonder if those expectations are too high. All of those things. It's not the same guy. And so while I, I still think the Jets could be good, and I'm not trying to, to pour, you, you know, just dirt on the Aaron Rodgers legacy because I think he could still be really good this year because they have the right pieces around him. And I like Brees Hall and I like Garrett Wilson and I like some of their other pieces. By the way, Alan Lazard got nicked up on Tuesday as well. Let's just realize that and hopefully the Jets know that they cannot expect MVP level Aaron Rodgers. I know there's a lot of pressure and I think they can win games with good Aaron Rodgers, but that's kind of my expectation for him because he does have an injury history, even in his prime, had some injuries. And so now you're talking about late 30s. Not everyone is Tom Brady, mm -hmm. where they just stay healthy into their mid-40s. That's so rare. And, and I, I think Aaron Rodgers is dedicated. He might be a little weird, but he is dedicated. But to expect him to continue to play at an MVP level this year in New York, I think that's unrealistic. So I don't think this is Matt Ryan going to the Colts. I do Agreed. think it's a little. I think it's a little Philip Rivers ish going to the Colts the year before, where he played okay. You, you know, he wasn't terrible, and he still had something in the tank. I think it's better than that, though. But what I mean, I, because I think Aaron Rodgers is better than Philip Rivers, but Philip Rivers is very good. So I mean, the 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 variance of which guy they're getting, I think it's about equal because Rivers was still a very competent player when he went to the Colts. Look, the Jets can beat anybody with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers allows them to be in that conversation. But the New York Jets have the fourth best odds, according to our friends at FanDuel, to win the Super Bowl in the AFC behind the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals. Ahead of the Ravens, ahead of the Jaguars, ahead of the Chargers, ahead of the Dolphins in their own division. And I'm not even sure the Dolphins are a worse team. In fact, I think the Dolphins have a more talented roster. And if you told me Tua Tungavailoa was going to play 17 games, I would probably pick the Dolphins to finish ahead of the Jets in that division. Yes, the Jets defense was really good last year. Really, really good. They were terrible the year before that. Sauce Gardner is an awesome player, but he's not that awesome. And defense year to year is highly volatile. What isn't is offense. And we saw Aaron Rodgers last year not be the kind of player that he had been in 2020 and 2021. You can say injuries. You absolutely can say injuries. There was the broken thumb. He had a rib injury. But guess what? This is what happens when you are old. Ask LeBron James. Guys who didn't get injured all of a sudden get injured. You see him on the first day of OTAs. By the way, he didn't go to OTAs the last few seasons in Green Bay. Maybe for a reason. And he's hurt just like he was last year. Only 12 quarterbacks started all 17 games last year for their teams. 12. That is basically a third. The Jets know what their option is if Rodgers can't play. And chances are there will be games he misses. Is this team, just look at the talent on the roster, is this team really as good as we're being told? I don't think it is.
And finally, Rob Palenka wants to keep the core together in LA. Current Washington Wizards forward Kyle Kuzma thinks that's cute. He retweeted the quote by saying, heard that before, followed by four crying emojis. Once part of a promising young core in LA, Kuzma was part of a trade that brought Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. Of course, if LeBron does retire, you've got to imagine Blinka's point is moot anyway. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what can we learn from NFL teams during OTAs? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.